Okay, hopefully the headings are there, maybe. Are they? Great. Okay, so um, the topic for today is um, uh, the joy of evangelism. So just look at somebody and say, evangelism is a joy. Okay, now say it to them like it really is a joy rather than, yeah, I really love evangelism, it's a real joy. Evangelism is a joy. Uh, evangelism is a joy. Make evangelism a lifestyle. That is my passion for us today. That we make evangelism our lifestyle. For most of us, evangelism is not our lifestyle. But my prayer today is that we make evangelism our lifestyle. That something happens in us today. That God does something in us today that causes evangelism to become part of our lifestyle. Um, I was at the gym um, this week, and um, I met. The, I was in the uh, just in the room, and the lady said, to, "A lady said to me, um, oh, what are you doing tomorrow?'" And she was talking. This was on Friday. And actually what I needed to do was just to go over my notes and stuff ready for today. And, and I kept saying to myself, oh, opportunity, opportunity, because that's what I was going to do. I was going to go home and just check over my notes. And I didn't say it. And I just was there. And she left the room and I was like, oh, Lord, I can't believe that I just didn't take that opportunity. Why didn't I take it? She asked me what I was going to do. And I could have just said, oh, I'm preparing my notes because I'm speaking at church on Sunday. And I could have been right in there. And I didn't do that, and I was so cross with myself because I thought, Lord, why didn't I do it? What's the big deal? I could have just used that opportunity because she asked the question. So I just want to really encourage us that actually evangelism is our lifestyle. And sometimes we might think that that means, I don't know, you guys are all very young, so you might not remember this, but in the old days, I used to go to Oxford Street. There used to be, um, the guys used to have a sandwich board. So they would have a board on their front and on their back. And on the board it would say, uh, repent, the end is nigh. Or it would say something in really old English. And the person would be walking up and down, telling people they were going to hell. And that if they didn't turn from their sin, they were going to die. And really dramatic. But they would just be doing that all the time. And, um, and... I'm not, that's not what we have to do. We might have to do that, but that isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about sharing our faith and preaching the gospel. In prison this week, one of the guys came to me and he said to me, Angela, I just want to say to you that I don't come because the class is really, really good, which I thought was quite offensive, really. <laughs> he said, I come because you're here. And he said, I can't believe that you, you guys give up your time to be here. And you know, all the time he was saying that, the course that we're running at the moment is six weeks. And this man doesn't want to be there. But I, when he was speaking to me, I just thought, Lord, you're so exciting. I love it when someone says, I don't want to be there. I'm here because I have to be, or whatever it is they come out with. Because actually, I know that God is bigger than that. And I know that in these six weeks, this man's life is going to be transformed. And God will use whatever it takes to reach people. And I said to the guy, that's great that you're here. And the reason we come in here, the reason why we might go to work at five o'clock in the morning and, and work through our lunch break and da, da 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 so that we can take a Thursday afternoon to be here is because of God. And being able to tell him, Jesus is the reason I'm here, because if it was up to me, I wouldn't be here. 
I wouldn't be here, but I'm here because of Jesus. And God is going to transform that man's life because he so loves people. He loves people. So I want us to make evangelism our lifestyle. In John chapter 4, it talks about the story of the woman at the well. And this is a really, really well-known story. And it's just a really famous story, well-known story, about a woman who comes out at the hottest time of the day because she's, she's embarrassed about the lifestyle that she leads. So she chooses to come out knowing that nobody else is going to be at the well. No one is stupid enough to come out at the hottest time of the day. But she comes out then because it's safe. She knows she's not going to see anybody. No one can ridicule her. So she comes out when it's really, really hot. And she goes to the well to get her water. And then she meets Jesus. And you know what? Jesus doesn't look at her and say, Oh, I uh, just want to tell you that God loves you. And um, that uh, things are going to be all right. And God doesn't tell her. Jesus doesn't tell her that. Jesus looks at her and he tells her, he says something about her lifestyle that is not okay. And he says to her, go and get your, can you go and get your husband, go and bring, and she says, well, I haven't got one husband. Jesus knows that. And he's very, very direct with her and very honest with her. You know, church, God wants us to be honest. He wants us to be direct. And somehow we've kind of taken on this, this culture that kind of goes, well, um, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, well, I'm just going to church. So, sorry, sorry, where were you going? Oh, I'm, I'm going to church. And yet we serve, look at what Jesus did. He just told her exactly like it is. He just said to her, listen, your lifestyle leads you, is going to lead you somewhere, but I've come to bring you living water. And you, you know, sometimes that one thing that we say to somebody is the one thing that they needed. My, I remember... Um, uh, my mum's hairdresser getting saved. And my mum had used the same hairdresser for years and years and years. And this particular time we're running an Alpha course and she said, you know what, I'm going to invite her. And she called her up and she said, I want to invite you to the Alpha course. And do you know what that lady said? She said, that's really funny, she said, because I've just seen an advert on television with that about this advert, this Alpha course or something. So yeah, I'm going to come. And she got saved and oh my goodness, this woman is amazing. She just loves Jesus like nobody's business. And she's a hairdresser. So imagine how many people she comes into contact with. So I just want to encourage you. There are times and seasons, and she'd been the hairdresser, for, my mum's hairdresser for years. So maybe she would have always said no when she asked her before. But there was a time and season that woman is saved because somebody invited her an Alpha course. As simple as that. So church, I want to encourage you, make evangelism your lifestyle. It's not something for the select few. I don't know how many of you have seen Andrew's uh, video of him on the train. Has anyone seen it? It's great. You know what? He didn't, it took a lot for him to do that. But he got on that train and he just told them, he preached the gospel, he told them about Jesus. And that took, that took a, a lot for him to do that, but he stepped out in faith. We're not all going to be like that. We're not all going to be people that get on the trains and say, okay, everybody, I just want to uh, tell you about Jesus. But we are all called to be people who share the gospel, who share our faith. So in John 1, um, uh, 1 to 14, um, it says there, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus made evangelism his lifestyle. And I'm going to read that passage from the Message Bible because I really want us to get hold of what it says. 
It says in the Message Bible, the word became flesh and blood and moved into my neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like the Father, like the Son. Generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Church, Jesus moved into your neighborhood. And when Jesus went back to heaven, he said, now you are in the neighborhood. He has made his word alive through you. You carry the light of Christ. You carry the gospel. That verse says that, the, that Jesus became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. God's love was so great. His desire was so great for humankind that he said, you know what, Jesus? It's great us being up here, but we need to do it from down there. And Jesus came to the earth and moved into a neighborhood. And he said, I'm going to transform this neighborhood and this community because of who I am. And Jesus says that to you. He says to me, Angela, transform that community. Transform that neighborhood. Pray for your neighbors and friends. That's what I'm called to do. I am called to live in the neighborhood as flesh and blood. My first point, the truth of God is not stored in an untouchable heaven. It's not untouchable. God doesn't say, my truth is up here. You can't hear it, see it, touch it, reach it. Actually, the truth of God is, is stored right here in our hearts and in our church. We are called to share the gospel because Jesus is alive. It's tangible and reachable. I spoke to somebody this week who said, I don't believe that God is alive or that he's real. And I heard this great story of, of somebody who um, was preaching, speaking to a, a witch doctor. And the witch doctor said, um, if your God is real, that it was really convinced that, that his, the witch doctor's lifestyle was right and said, if your God is real, let's start a fire. And um, if your God is real, you go into the fire. And if your God is real, then you will um, survive. And the Christian said, okay, that's great. So you go first. And then if you survive, I will know that your, your system works. And of course, the witch doctor changed his tune. Our faith is tangible and it's real. The testimony that I have is real. When that person said to me this week, I don't believe in God, I don't believe there is a God, well, you can say that, but you can't take away what has happened to me. You can't take away the prayers that have been answered. You can't take away the things that God has done. It's not possible. It doesn't matter how much you go on about you don't believe God. It makes no difference to me whether you say that or not. It's irrelevant, really, because if you're not saved, you're not saved. Wherever you stand, if you're not saved, you're not saved, and you're here to meet with God. But whatever you say cannot take away what God has done to me. It can't be taken away. So therefore, church, what God has done in you, through you, for you, is not yours to keep. It's not yours. It's for you to give away. The challenges that you've had in your life, the things that you've struggled with, you know what? All of that is a testimony. And I often say to people, you know, you're not here for your benefit. Whatever it is you think, you don't get up and come to church and say, what's the church going to do for me? You need a wake-up call. You are not here for your benefit. You are here for the benefit of everybody around you. That's why you're here. That person who rubs you up the wrong way and frustrates you and drives you nuts, guess what? They're here for your benefit. 
because that's how you change. You don't marry somebody that looks like you, sounds like you, and is like you. It doesn't work like that. You marry someone who does everything you don't like them to do because they're here to help you. That's how great God is. That's the way God works. So in your cell, in your neighborhood, in your church, thank God that people are not like you. Praise God that they're not like me. Hallelujah. That is such a blessing. Your story is tangible. It's alive and it's to be shared and it's not for you. My desire is that the gospel is something that we share among the lost. It's not a gospel that is for me to keep. That I don't get ch leave church excited, fired up and go home and watch telly and do nothing with what God has done for me. What is the first thing that you say on Monday morning to the people who have come in with a hangover or having, after having a bad weekend? What is the first thing you say? Hey, you should have been at church. You'd have been seriously uplifted. Imagine that being the first sentence that comes out of our mouths. Number two, the Father has empowered us to do his will. We are not alone. In John 14, 15, it says, If you keep my commandments and I, uh, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to, keep, to help you um, forever. The spirit of truth, the word cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives in you and you in him. Actually, what we have is truth. Whatever the world says, we have truth. The world changes its mind. Churches change their mind about what is okay and what isn't okay. The truth is the truth. We can't compromise that. We can't get up in church and go, yeah, yeah, okay. So a few years ago, we said that we, 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 uh, we wouldn't marry um, gay couples. But actually, yeah, yeah, now we've changed our mind because, you know, we've got to get with the 21st century. And so... The word is the word. Truth is truth. And you know what? When you speak truth to people, it brings life. And do you know that when you speak truth and people reject that truth, yeah, you might get a little bit wounded and hurt, but you know what? It's not your truth. It's God's truth. So they're actually re rejecting Jesus. They're not rejecting you. So don't get so wounded and so hurt by it. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God has empowered his people to be able to speak life. Number three, the foundation of which we stand is Christ Jesus. There is no other higher. In 1 Samuel it says, There is no one holy like you, God. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. When you are speaking to somebody about your faith, you may not feel so much like a rock. You might feel like a little stone. Especially when they come at you with their great questions or they ridicule you or whatever, it, or whatever they say. But actually we stand on the rock. The gospel I preach is not my gospel, it's his gospel. When you say you don't believe, okay, you don't believe, but you know what? I believe in prayer, so I know that's going to change. We have a faith, we stand on a rock that is Christ Jesus. In a village in Zaire, the people worshipped a tree. They would make all kinds of sacrifices to that tree. And a pastor came and preached the gospel. And he said to the people, I'm actually going to chop down this tree because this tree is actually causing curses in this, in this village. So I'm going to chop it down. And the people feared, were afraid. And they said, we're going to come and watch you chop down the tree because we know that as soon as you chop the tree down, you're going to drop down dead because that tree is holy. 
So they all came and gathered around the tree. They waited for him to drop down dead. And he chopped down the tree and he didn't drop down dead. And people gave their lives to Christ. Our God is the way, the truth, and the life. There is only one way. And when we stand on that truth, when you are faithful to God, God is faithful to you. You know what? That man may well have had a heart attack or something have happened to him, but that doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change God's word. God's word is true. We can't make those kind of negotiations with God. We say, oh, well, Lord, if you... (laughs) I used to do this. Lord, I will speak to that person if they say the word, (laughs) whatever it is, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, then I'll know that you want me to speak to them. (laughs) It doesn't work like that, does it? And actually, often when I did things like that, God would make that happen just to (sighs) remind me that he's God. It doesn't work like that. Actually, when we are passionate about our faith, we don't have to wait for the person to say that key word that gives us an opening. Just like in this story, we have the truth. People are dying because we haven't told them the truth. And sometimes we think that that is going to really hurt people or upset them. I remember when last year we had um, a lady come from Christian Concern and the guys were so inspired and encouraged by that that they then went to Gay Pride. There was a few of them that went and they came and she gave their testimony. They went to Gay Pride. People from this church went to Gay Pride and they gave out leaflets at Gay Pride. And the people at Gay Pride were not saying, you Christians need to go to hell. You hate us, we don't want you. They said, thank you. You see, when we show love and when we show Jesus, Jesus comes through for us. Romans 10.13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We want the nation changed. We want people saved. We, need, we know that as a church, what we do is rooted and grounded in prayer. Um, before we started the prayer and fasting, I thought, let me prepare myself. So um, I love my food. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to eat less. So that when it gets to Friday, it won't be so drastic. But I found that that week before Friday, I actually ate more. So when it came to Friday, I was thinking, well, okay, I've eaten more, so I'll be stocked up. So it won't be so painful on Friday. And it was painful on Friday. All I thought about was food and what I didn't have. And bacon sandwiches were so just right there, just that smell of a bacon sandwich. But you know, God has called us to pray and fast in this season. And you might be thinking, well, this is not really, I'm not really there yet, Lord. Or, you know, I I do manual work, Father, so because I do physical work, it's important that I have my three meals a day, etc., etc. But actually, we are called to a season of prayer and fasting. So guess what? That applies to us. It applies to all of us. When Jonah went to Nineveh, the king didn't say, okay, all the men fast, all the women fast. When you read that story, it says that actually the animals were called to fast. That's what the Bible says. The animals had no, it wasn't a, well, maybe some of us. Actually, the king said, you know what? We've messed up. And this, we all, the whole of Nineveh is going to fast, even the animals. They don't even know what's going on. 
I mean, were the animals actually sinning as well? I don't know. But the animals had to fast because the king said, we are living in sin. This is serious and we need to get serious with God. How serious are you with God? How serious are we about changing our nation? How serious are we about seeing God come through? The word of God says in Romans, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. So I'm praying, Lord, let that person at the gym call on the name of the Lord because I want to see her saved. Let my neighbor call on the name of the Lord because I want to see them saved. Because your word is true, it doesn't change. God tells us to put both of our feet in when we speak the word. When you look at the armor of God in Ephesians 6, it says that we put on the shoes of the gospel. So that means that if we're wearing the shoes of the gospel, that's something physical. It's an act. It's something we do. Um, there's a really great expression that says, those who talk about, are you one of those people who talk about the lost, or are you one of those people who talk to the lost? Are you someone who talks about the lost, or are you someone who talks to the lost? The shoes of the gospel, the armor of God we need, but the shoes of the gospel mean that I am physically using my feet to go somewhere. I am doing something. I am taking the gospel. And our church is rooted in prayer. In this season, what an incredible opportunity that God has given to us during prayer and fasting to pray for the lost and to see God do something. We have the School of Evangelism next week and I have no doubt that God is going to do great things because we are in a season where we are saying, Lord, we are fasting and we are praying and we are believing you for great breakthrough. Not just in the UK, but around the world. Around the world, CLF churches are saying, Father, we're seeking your face. We want to see you come through. We're not satisfied, Lord. We're not going to have it like this. We want even more. I want more of God. Do you? Our witness is a public declaration. Philippians said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what we've been given. We've been given the strength in Christ to do it. It's not my strength. Because I don't have the ability to go up to a complete stranger and say, just want to tell you, that guy you're sleeping with is really bad for you. I don't have that ability. I remember God telling me to go to one of my friends and, uh, and uh, she'd come round and, and I said, oh, there's something I just want to you know, run past you. I, I, you know, I keep feeling this particular thing about you and this guy. And I just shared with her. And um, you know what was interesting was is that all that, for months and months and months, she'd really been ba felt bound in that relationship. And when, when that word came, you know, there was a real transformation in her. It, she was just transformed. God did something great. Sometimes God tells us to do something that we don't feel so comfortable about. But you know what? It's not about you. It's about God. And it's about what God wants to do. And so therefore, we have to do things that make us feel uncomfortable because we want to see our community transformed. We need to be in love with the people. Don't be discouraged by fear or by things that... Um, that cause us to feel uncomfortable because we are wearing the shoes of the gospel. Fear can stop us from moving forward. We don't want to be stopped by fear. We need to be a people who move forward in faith. It's not about your effort to save somebody because actually that's not what you've been called to do. You haven't been called to save someone and in fact you can't save anybody. You don't have that ability or that privilege. It's Jesus who saves. So what you've been called to do, what you are responsible to do, is to share the truth. Just look at someone and say, I've been called to share. It's not down to you to save someone. 
There is a wonderful story about um, a fantastic organisation which is called the um, British uh, the uh, Bible Society, and the Bible Society was started by a man um, who got saved and went to church and said, I really feel that we should share the gospel. And he was told it's not his place to do that, be quiet. And so out of that, he decided to start this Bible society. And so he went with, um, uh, with his family, um, he went abroad and decided that he would share the gospel. And he was there for seven years preaching the gospel and not one person got saved. But he knew that God had told him to go, so he continued. That organization, this is incredible. So he started that organization in 1972. By 2020, over one million people would have been saved through that organization. Over one million. From one man saying, you know what, I need to go and share the gospel. And in those seven years, imagine the discouragement he must have felt every day going out and sharing the gospel and not one person getting saved. But it wasn't about people getting saved. It was about him being obedient to God. You are called to be obedient. You're not, all, you're not necessarily going to see the fruit in your lifetime, but you're called to be obedient. It's hard, isn't it, to pray for family. You think, 20 years, 30 years I've been praying for this person to get saved and they're still not saved. You know what? You're called to preach the gospel. You're called to sow the seeds because actually it's Jesus who brings the water. Jesus is the one who saves people. Hebrews 12, 12.2 uh, says, Jesus said, I am the author and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross dispersing the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. My prayer is that each one of us recognizes that Jesus has already taken the shame. That when we go out and we speak to somebody, whether we're going on the street, or whether we're speaking to our neighbor, or whether we are joining with a group of people and, and evangelizing, or whether we're running an activity or an event, that we know we are called to share the gospel. Jesus brings the fruit. Jesus is the one who waters the ground and sees that fruit, fruitfulness come through. We are called to share. And so I want to ask you again, are you the one who talks about the lost or talks to the lost? We're going to pray for some groups of people. And last week I was speaking at a church, and I just want to read this hymn. Um, so I was speaking at a church last week, and uh, the church is quite traditional. And um, so they asked me to choose the song, so I get really, really excited because I, I mean, I have to choose it from their book, but uh, I try and choose the liveliest songs I can find. Anyway, this, they didn't know one of the songs that I'd chosen, so they said, oh, we're going to choose, we'll choose it, and I said, okay, fine. They chose this song, and I was saying, oh my goodness, man, that's, that song really seems boring. And when we came to sing it, sing it uh, uh, God reminded me again, I can use anything. And we stood up to sing, and, and I was nearly crying as we sang this song, and I just want to read the words to you, because it was so powerful. And the tune is really, really boring, so... I'm just going to read the words. It says, Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? Will you let your love be shown? Will you let your name be known? Will you let your life be grown in you and you and me? Will you, will you leave yourself behind if I but call your name? Will you care for cruel and kind and never be the same? Will you risk the hostile stare should your life attract or scare? Will you let me answer prayer in you and you in me?
Will you let the blinded see if I call your name? Will you set the prisoners free and never be the same? Will you kiss the leper clean and be seen as the unseen and admit to what I mean in you and you in me? Will you love the you you hide if I but call your name? Will you quell the fear inside and never be the same? Will you use the faith you found to reshape the world around through my sight and touch and sound in you and you and me? Lord, your summons echoes true when you but call my name. Let me turn and follow you and never be the same. In your company I'll go where your love and footsteps show. Thus I'll move and live and grow in you and you in me. And that is my prayer for us. That as a church, we are prepared to say, Lord, whatever it takes, I want to share the gospel. I want people to know how much you love them because of my lifestyle, because of the way that I live, because of the things that I do, because of the places that I go. I want people to know that Jesus, you love them so that they may call on your name. So we're going to, as you know, it's the month uh, we're going to be praying and fasting and I want us to just pray into some people groups. Um, So um, could the cell leaders just come forward, please? Um, Cell leaders, if you can come forward quickly. Um, So I want to just pray for all of us and I'm going to pray if if we can just, all of us just stand and I'm just going to pray that we will have joy in evangelism and that we will make evangelism our lifestyle. If the cell leaders can just come here, great. Um, so I just want us all to stand because this is I'm just going to pray for all of us. You can just take one of those and pass them on. Yeah, just take one and pass them. So I'm just going to pray first, and I'm going to pray that God will make um, that we will make evangelism our lifestyle, and we will have a joy in evangelism. So I'm going to pray for that as a church. Um, You know, church, it's really important that we get this because I don't want people to miss out because because we haven't fully done what God has wanted us to do. God has created an opportunity for us, especially in this season, and I want us 100% to take hold of what God has for us in this season. I want us to be able to come back next week sharing how God's used us, the conversations that we've had or the prayers we've prayed for people. Wouldn't that be exciting to be able to just come back next week and say, you're not going to believe what happened to this. I had an opportunity to say this. I've been waiting to say this to somebody and I said it. So I'm just going to pray for us as a church. Father, I want to thank you for us uh, here today. I pray for us in CLF Greenwich, Croydon and right across the world. Lord, we are not a church that says um, we just do what we do in our building and, uh, and then it's just about us. That's not who we are. Lord, we are a church who want to proclaim your name. Most of us are here because someone spoke to us. So I just want to pray for us as a church that, Father, we would be a church who's whose lifestyle is one of evangelism. That, Father, we would have a joy in evangelism. And so, Father, I just pray right now for that for us as a church. Let that be who we are. Not something we have to work towards, not something we have to strive with, but let it be who we are. Let it be the culture of this church, Lord. That, Father, whether we are doing hampers or night shelter or speaking on the street, that whatever it is, Lord, we would have, Lord, your name 
name on our lips. Our lifestyle will proclaim who you are in the things that we do. And I pray for a, a, an anointing that like Jesus who spoke to the woman at the well, Father, there are people here, Father, who are anointed to speak prophetically into people's lives, to speak to, and pray for people. Lord, help us, Father, to own what you have invested in us already in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to pray uh, in the last few minutes. We're going to pray for different groups of people. And um, can you just take one of us on? So um, I'd like you to just get into groups of, so 